Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It is born in the fury of the most violent storms on Earth. It has traveled thousands of miles, building in strength and size. And here, in a remote corner of the planet, some men will not run from its fury. They will ride it. You're not ready for it. I'm ready. So when the wave breaks here, don't be there. Or you're gonna get drilled. He's a modern savage. If I say it's safe to suck this beach, Captain, it's safe to suck this beach! What's he searching for? The ride. The ultimate ride. What's up? The only thing surfers have in common with the rest of America is they're unemployed and love crystal meth. Coming to you again from the Kaczynski Shack up in Topanga, California. I'm Chad White with my partner Damien Farnford uh, from Free Radicals. And today on Surf Center, we um, answer the question uh, What's the question? We're talking about wave pools. Yeah, so well, there's got to be a question. We start every episode of the question What is it? I don't know. Maybe do wave pools have a place in surfing? Is it surfing? Can you consider it surfing? Yeah, exactly. Is it? Is it? Is our? I guess for the, the the maybe we'll go like a little more philosophical. We could say like, you know, is perfection all it's cracked up to be? Right? That's a good way to do okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Is is perfection on demand all it's cracked up to be? Is it? Is it? Is it? Are we? Are we better off when when uh, when we have to fight for something a little bit, or is it? Is it? Is it just awesome when when it's pretty much push button perfect? And I think we can talk to that. I've surfed Kelly's one, which is push button perfect. I've surfed a few of them. So we'll talk to those, to the actual waves themselves, the comparison between real surfing and wave pool surfing, and then the business aspect of them all. And then just kind of the overall feeling, you know, I think, I think there's a whole bunch of topics, much like skate parks in the nineties that they built all around California, ended up desolate and basically run down and in ruins and a place for people to smoke crack at. Yeah. Well, well crackheads need a place too. <laughs> yeah. Will these wave pools end up those as those? You've seen the wave park on the way to Palms or Vegas. Yeah. yeah and so is this just a spur of the moment thing? Will yeah. COVID-19 kill the wave, the arms race for who can design the best wave pool? Exactly. I mean, I think it, I, I think that, that it will have a, a dramatic effect. Obviously there'll be less money floating around to, to make these big investments. Um, you know, there's there's there are certain pockets that are that are deep enough to actually survive it, right? Yeah, there is, and I think the billionaires they're not as affected by this as the rest of us. I'm sure they are, but not to the same degree. So they're kind of invested in the project, and I think I think these wave pools are a bit of like a, a passion project for these people. Is right? it if like the new vanity thing? Like my like my wave pool? I have a wave pool. What's your wave exactly. pool? Exactly, like? I think it's something like that. Pool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my wave pool's more perfect than your wave pool. Yeah. So I guess in terms of the players, we've got on the wave pool front and the arms race consists of these kind of people. You've got, I think, first and foremost was Kelly Slater's wave co. He dropped his, you know, that initial clip on the day Adriano won the world title. And yeah, of course. sent Adriano into a great depression. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's wait. Just pause. <laughs> yeah, okay, pause on that. Savage. Just, just yeah. Like, again, it, it's, but, either, it's either the most punk rock thing ever done in the history of... of of mankind the first brazilian or, title threw shade on it right such a shitty move yeah I, I it had fun. to be completely it was so intentional you could have dropped that any could have waited a week yeah you could have waited a month there's no reason to, anyway that was that was horrible that was horrible yeah exactly but anyway eh. um, <laughs> <laughs> that's me shrugging my shoulders like all right, all right uh 
Okay, you got Kaylee Waveco. I got you, Adriana, dude. Don't even worry about yeah. it. You've got American <laughs> Wave Machines, which is Waco. Um, yeah. That's Bruce and Maria McFarlane. They're actually like two engineers and both their parents. It's quite a cool story. So, a little backstory. Me and a couple friends, Jake, Casey, and Anod started working on a wave for film. Mm-hmm. Um, it went a bit off track and we kind of... It will, it will happen now. There will fall off. Yeah. It will happen at yeah. some stage because we've got so much great shots and we got to interview everyone from like Yvonne Chenard to Dane to Maria. We went out to the one that they're building in New Jersey when it was just like an empty shell. Um, we've got amazing footage too, so we do need to put something. I think we'll make it a bit tighter. But anyway, we got to spend some time with Bruce and Maria McFarland, who are two insane people. Their actual parents met while working on Apollo 11 with NASA. Wow. Yeah, so they've got this crazy story. And I they actually, heard that. So they really approach it with like an engineer standpoint, which they all do, but I think you could argue that because that plunger, there's, you know, my father-in-law who's an engineer, he works between he works for Boeing 35 years and then also that you know he's been subcontracted to NASA to work on the space capsule right and he took one look at the plunge and he's like I can tell you what's wrong and why is this gonna thing's gonna break straight away and he doesn't know surfing at all and uh yeah I was like a week, a week later it was broken right right the way right. the plunge yeah. was hollow physics or physics you can't exactly that, yeah right. which is quite yeah. fascinating to me that no one had picked this up anyway yeah. maybe it's a cost thing but Bruce and Maria they have a real um almost like an aerospace approach to to their, to their pools. Then you've got the Palm Springs Surf Club, which is Tom Lockfelt, Kalani, Shane Magnuson. Shane initially developed the waves with American Wave Machines, Bruce and Maria. Some other backstory, Tom Lockfelt. Bruce used to work for Tom back in the day, then mm-hmm. they went their separate ways, then Tom tried to sue them, Lockfelt, for the, with his wave lock. They, he lost, Bruce and Maria won. So there's a little bit of bad blood there. Ooh. Oh, uh, yeah. And then, oh. and, and then Shane went over there to work for them. So were you saving all this shit? Dude? Yeah, this like, is all part of the dark. Right, yeah. cool. and, then, um, yeah. and then you've got Josh Kuhn, Damon Hobgood. I don't know. I haven't heard anything since they said they were doing one. So who knows what that is. That could just be on hold. The Plunger, which is Surf Lakes. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Weber. Weber is funny because he was the one initially leading the charge. You'd heard like rumors of him and Kelly. They were doing that together. And yeah. they had a falling out. And I don't know if it was so much a falling out, but, it, you know went their separate ways. Weber was like leading that charge, but he's kind of like fell way back behind because right. no one's actually funded one of his or there's not a real one in existence, which is the ring, right? Where you surf in circles. And then you've got Urban Surf, which I think it started, I think those guys started, they were the first actually in Spain, in the Basque country. And you had the you had the little wave garden and the guys surfing the left and the right. And then they had one in Texas. And then I think it developed. These guys are incredible engineers and they've kind of kept reshaping and reshaping. And then you had the, it's like a fan which was the cove mm. and then i think the evolution of that is kind of now urban surf in melbourne the big one that you're kind of seeing and everyone's getting excited about so those are the players i don't think i'm missing anyone no but those are kind of the technologies there so it's a lot of technologies yeah with a lot of money that have gone into all these things so before before the kelly one um was was broken to wreck adriano's whole future um the this is years before that i i actually got invited to to help um kelly brand the original you know kelly slater wave company um by Noah. i don't remember Noah's last name now but Noah, awesome guy like the nicest human ever anyway i went to culver city and they had the the little donut one yeah. they had a, a scale model of the donut and um and i could tell kind of what was happening that i i was i was a little tripped out that they were even kind of considering this technology because i was watching what was happening as the as the water was going around the, the donut, it just turns in like, you know how in the bathtub you push water and it goes back and forth. Well, it was just like 
flooding. It was kind of just going. The tsunami back. effect, right? Yeah, the tsunami effect. So it was like completely not working. And they're like, you know, they had like little moments where there'd be a wave, but it wasn't going. Which all is around. so that that exact thing. And obviously, I can imagine in a circle where it's going round and round, creates even more. And then what happens is you get a really choppy wave. Yeah, that you're trying to ride. Just yeah, messy, unless yeah. it's a circle that's the size of you know ten football fields. But if you think Kelly Slater's is a seven football fields. And their issue in the beginning was the same thing. It was like this bathtub that someone had jumped in after a wave. So mm-hmm. that's why Kelly's technology is so stunted because they can't actually, it takes four minutes. That's why it's one wave every four minutes because yeah. it takes four minutes for the water to die down for the next one to be perfect. Right. Whereas Maria and Bruce, they figured out a way to channel that water where essentially they have a wave, you know, they have three waves a minute. Maria and Plus, Bruce is, is the BSR. Yeah, the, the, the BSR one in Texas one, yeah. and Waco. So, okay, okay. So Waco, Texas. So Thanks they figured out how to really channel that water, mm-hmm. flush it around, and use it to draw and actually make the wave better. Right. So they, I mean, they've really developed, in my opinion, which is not expert, but I've had a, spent a lot of time expert, around talking about these things yeah. and discussing them with friends and that. They have the best technology. Now, how it can be scaled up? Okay, and I've surfed, and I have surfed Kelly's, and I've surfed... Uh, Waco Waco is more like surfing because you're catching so many waves and you're with friends mm-hmm. Kelly's is like this crazy treat that you're like it's kind of weird you're hoping your friends fall off on a wave because you only get one wave every 20 minutes uh, that's so me every like, time I surf though. yeah exactly <laughs> where is this there's so many waves coming yeah. through just, and you're yeah. just kind of surfing left to right versus Kelly's you're surfing straight in yeah there's uh, Waco kind of draws off the bottom mm-hmm. so it almost has that kind of wave so it's effect. like a wave yeah it is it feels like it more because uh, if you get behind the foam, you can actually get around because there's a bit of friction to draw momentum off. Whereas Kelly's like in front of where the wave's breaking is just dead water. Right. So essentially like just running and jumping in a pool on your surfboard. So oh, that's God. why when you even see Gabriel and the best surfers in the world, they're like two feet behind the foam. It's game over. Like, right. Can't you can't get do a bottom there's no, Yeah. There's nothing to drive off and pull right. off because it's not drawing. So it's just a, it's the plow, right? It's because it's pushing, not pulling. Exactly. Like, oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. So there's no friction being. So the dynamics the are board. totally different. Absolutely. Right. So that makes that one challenging. So okay. I mean, they're all incredible, but I guess our, what we wanted to focus on today, and this is kind of the premise of the you know the film that we we're trying to make and talking about wave pools, is that bought versus earned, right? Yeah. Everything in the world today is just we want perfection at the push of a button. Yeah. The entire existence of being a surfer. Is tracking down the perfect wave, right? It's right. About it's pursuit. It's, it's the pursuit. It's exactly. never the. It's never the actual surfing, right? It's the. It's the like, there might be a swell. I'm gonna drive to this spot. It's a road trip. It's all. There's all this anticipation. I go to Silver Strand, a bunch of times a year. I live 30 minutes away from it now. I never score it. Like right. it's always dog shit when I get but it. When you do get it. I maybe got it twice, but I keep going. And every time I go, I'm like, I'm never coming back. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, I come back and, and, and so don't go no. so slow strand. It's terrible. No. Yeah, but and it's, then yeah, I'll see a clip of somebody getting shacked. I'll be like, fuck, okay, I'm back. That's right. You know, whereas Kelly's, I've, and it's granted, I've been able to surf it a couple of times now. But if someone said to me tomorrow, hey, come up and get a couple of waves, I'd honestly, okay, maybe now in COVID-19 I would because I've got nothing else to do other than talk to you right. from six feet away. <laughs> uh, I would maybe do it, but I wouldn't even do it. It's not worth an hour and a half drive to me anymore. No. No, it's because I've done it. If you hadn't have done it, I would say I, do it So I've second. never done it. In fact, yeah. like I was just, like, I, I was promised that I would do it, but then it never, it never materialized. The, um, I, yeah, I, I think every, it's, it's one of those things too, is like people talk all kinds of shit. You'll be in the water with people and they're talking a lot of shit about the, about the wave pool. 
But if you say like, if you got the opportunity to go do it, would you do it? And absolutely. In a heartbeat. Like in a heartbeat. Yeah. I would love to surf Kelly's pool. I'd love to surf any of them. It, it, they all look really fun. I think that that Casey, your 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 partner in the in the, or one of the, one of the producers. Of yeah. That shout film. out to Casey Engelhard from uh, Vice and Pulse. He yeah, is, the uh, guy's just awesome. Anyway, Casey, except for dude, you gotta. Uh, I don't know. Surfing with you is kind of hard. You kind of back paddle a little bit. He would work. say ex- he has said the exact the same about you. So. Yeah, but it's my spot. <laughs> Fuck him. Yeah, he's, um, and he was actually born in Topanga. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, he didn't so surf that place more until his like five spot, minutes ago. More his spot than your spot. More. His parents met naked on the beach when it was a nude beach. Yeah, it doesn't matter. He you were at the back grow, of that line. You got no argument here. He didn't grow up down there. He wasn't there when. They, okay, forget it. Yeah. Anyway, so Casey, awesome, love you, Casey. Um, Casey's the way Casey's way into this whole thing was really interesting, which is like. You know, he he kind of equated wave pools to the Japanese sex robots, right? So eventually, you'll be able to buy an, an, a, a sort of an autom- automaton, which will be a like a almost like a human being, and you'll have your own. You can program that person or that that robot. You can have it'll be the best sex you've ever had in your entire life. That person will look, will smell, will act, will think, will do everything that you want it to do exactly as you want it to do, to do it, right? How long will it take you to get sick of that? Well, it's, that fa- it's like that saying, and I don't know if it's a big saying in America, but show me any hot chick and I'll show you a dude that's tired of boning her. <laughs> exactly. You, you said that earlier and it might be the same. That, that one's going to be like, everybody that's going to listen to this is going to use that. In their, in oh, their, and you can say vice versa. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think so. Casey had this, okay, so there's a sex doll argument too, right? Where it's just yeah. like, it's perfection and you just get tired of it eventually it gets boring right because right. you you need ups and downs to keep you need the pursuit man you need to chase right yeah exactly and you need and you need like your i guess in, with the sex that would be emotions right you need right. some kind of roller coaster to keep otherwise if it's just the constant right and that's what the pools are the constant right well it's so and it's also the same thing of like when again we're getting down another rabbit hole but that's our job um it's forget the robot thing imagine like you meet the perfect woman right and 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 she just like instantly falls completely madly in, in, in love with you and it just does every single thing you ever want and it's like never argues with you you never like you'd be pretty it's bored too, of that too person. easy for sure too easy it like i think that's the thing that's so appealing about surfing is the unpredictability of it and, yeah. and i think that is where that's where i think the and again i get the people that probably have a lot of access to these things will likely be having this feeling when you only get to go to kelly even you only have gotten to go to kelly's what a handful of times um so I imagine that like when it's flat for a little while and you're like, God, I'd just love to go surf Kelly's pool. There's probably impulses. But when you get to do it a lot, I imagine that the feeling of like, I'm pretty bored with this must sure. creep in. Well, I've, okay, I've heard, I've got a lot of good friends that work there and they've told me there's crews that'll come there. People have booked this out for, and we'll get into the, the dollar figures later on, but guys that have booked it out for a day at like 50 to 75 grand and like served it for half a day and then pieced out. Like, right. all right, like we're jumping on our jet and getting going back to San Fran. Like we've had our fun. We've got a bunch of waves and like done. That's it. You know, just can't do anymore. Just absurd. But uh, so, and then Casey had this other bitch in clip that kind of what we were going to use and maybe try to reenact it and we we're going to use it in the film in some way and maybe make it like a kind of stage scene. The Twilight um, Zone thing? The Twilight Zone one. Yeah. And I'll let you kind of explain it. You do it in a bit more dense, Well, like, I think I've seen it. Way. Yeah. I saw it before. So... So the twi- there's a Twilight Zone episode. With Twilight Zone, for those of you that are young, probably won't remember this, but but anybody else, it's, it was like a show that was like really. Um, they're usually a bit scary, but they but they always had like a moral to the story. And this one was, so this gambler dies and he goes to heaven, and you know it's, in the, it's like a sort of cowboy era, right? So he's 
he's uh, he wakes up in heaven and he and he and he goes you know to goes down and plays cards and he wins and all the girls are in the bar love with him and and then he gets you know he's drinking whiskey and then he's winning again and then he's and the girls love him and he's just his life's perfect and everything the, he ever wanted in life was right there for him he does this for a number of days he's like you know three four five six days and he finally gets a little bit it starts to kind of creep him out he's like this isn't even fun anymore because I'm I have everything I, I want and it's like this there's no there's no risk there's no unpredictability there's no you know there's there's nothing about this that's actually got the the, the, the feeling of like I could lose right so he goes to God and he says hey God like I, you know I thank you I really appreciate you know what you're doing here but you know is there a way that I could lose or something you know this this definitely isn't heaven you know I've got to be able to to lose sometimes if we get that feeling back, you know, and he's like, well, who said you were in heaven? Oh, God said, yeah, who he thinks is God looks like yeah. Colonel Sanders says to him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway. So you get what you want is not necessarily the, the, you know, the moral of the story is if you get everything you want, um, it's, it's probably not that enjoyable. Absolutely. And it's, so that's kind of the overarching big picture for wave pools. I think now you've got all these people like, let's look at the business side a little bit of it, you know? So we know Kelly's just to get going was 44 million. That's okay. how much they put in. Okay, that's development fees because they ripped it out a few times and had to replace the pool and their concrete trucks coming from Los Angeles on like, for like, I think it was like a month straight just delivering concrete. Oh. Like just fucking on rotation. And then you've got American Wave Machines. I believe Waco cost 14 million. That was kind of, okay, they got the land for free, but that one I think was 14 million to develop and build, mm -hmm. to install. Palm Springs, I don't know, they bought that old one. The plunger, that thing can't be cheap. That body of water, or that, and that plunger itself, you know, like yeah, it looks like something out of Mad Max, right? Well, like it's, this, it's, like it steam, is appropriate steampunk. It's cool. Right now, right? Yeah, it's yeah. really cool. Yeah, like it full, looks cool. Yeah. But and then you've got Weber's Ring and then Urban Surf Melbourne. So what I do know about all of these things, which is insane, but I know Kelly's has been booked out nonstop, right? Obviously everything's closed now because of this, but and they closed during the winter because it's cold, so cold up there. Right. Where it is, right? And it's fresh water, right? But so that's been freezes. booked at fifty to seventy five grand a day, like almost full time. So then you've got American Wave Machines. I heard they turned a big profit. In fact I heard they were about to sell I heard the guy Stu was about to sell his entire BSR cable park. The pool being the focus, but it come with you know the slides and all that kind of thing. The big right. property for sixty million. So there's obviously, uh, to me, I was always under the impression like these people aren't going to make money, but there's obviously money coming in and there's an opportunity to make money. Now, do they cannibalize each other after there's just so many, or do people get? How many people are going to keep booking it? So, Kaylee's is obviously going to be the most expensive to run. I heard it costs twelve grand a day just to run, right? And you only right. get a hundred waves. So you get a wave every. With the Rudin wave, it's a wave every five minutes, right? So you're essentially getting, you're running for eight hours, call it a hundred waves a day, right? right. So hundred waves a day works out to about $500 a wave. And yeah. you've seen this math everywhere, but it costs 12 grand a day to run. Right. So those are your running fees. You're looking at 600 grand a yeah. year. If you're running at 120 days a year, like consistently bought plus, plus, plus. Um, American Waves Machine costs, I think they said 11 cents a wave. It pumps out 180 waves an hour at, you know, and now more there's five wave sets and that kind of thing so right. so there's a few more so there so in terms and of they, like scalability they're they're winning they're right? winning by far yeah. and they charge and their footprints a fraction 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 of the size right and so you can have it, 10 of those things at the same exactly operating yeah and put, putting people through there so you can scale that one up too like i heard that the one that they're building it's either virginia or north carolina somewhere around there but they're doing one so there's eight or 14 pumps at waco it's going to be 24 pumps at this next one so it's going to be double the size 
Now the issue you run into is space, right? Because again, that tsunami effect right. that creates the water pushing out. So, and that to me right now is the biggest problem with all of them. Like I look at Urban Surf in Melbourne and I've watched Joel surf it and he's too tall for it and I'm taller than Joel. Now, Geordie's big issue with the wave co is he's just too big for competing. He's like, it's unfair. I can't, like he's got this, he's like literally so compact in the barrel he can't move versus right, a little guy right. can. And listen, yeah. that's competitive sports in general. It's not, yeah, but not when you have a set playing field like exactly. that. Exactly. Right? And the consistency, there's been different waves in that. Palm Springs Surf Club with those guys uh, looks fun. Like the, the death wedge actually looks really fun. That Dylan Graves surf the other day, that yeah. clip of him. That looked fun and scary. Um, and they're just in early it stages. Look fun to me, but no, like. for sure. <laughs> and, look, and the actual wave part of it looked pretty bad. Yeah. And the air section was pretty weak, but right. I'm sure they're going to develop it where it's pumping. But someone at your level would be stoked. At, like, yeah. Yeah, and you'd have a blast there. The plunger, to me, the issue with the plunger is it. So what happens is where American Wave Machines and Kelly's and them works is you've got this. So Kelly's got the plow that's getting pulled consistently, right? So the energy doesn't die off and neither does uh, American Wave Machines because it's got the wall along the whole wall is where all the pumps are. So as you're going down, it's pumping, 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 pumping. So it's matching you so that energy doesn't die as it's railing along. Oh, I didn't know that. A swell comes in and it's coming from a long distance and it's drawn out. So when it hits a reef, it's not dying out because it's, you know, because of the angle that it's come in. Yeah. It's still at the same height as you're going. So it's got mm-hmm. that consistent energy. It's not like, to me, the plunger, the energy dies pretty quick. It's yeah. like, boof. Yeah, that's oh, right. It's yeah. gone. It's got that kind of barrel in the beginning and mm-hmm. they'll build the reef. And you can see how weak it gets, how fast. Right? Yeah, it quickly. It's weak right? and small really quickly. Exactly. And they can develop it, but to me, it just needs too much space. Yeah. To, like body, water's water is one of the most precious things in the world now and, so you, and, like, like, and like your father said it's like one of those things it's like it just physics the physics of it are just off yeah and I, I guess they've fixed it now and it's operating better but how much more can you keep investing and doing it and if it's not and then how do you build like okay so they all want to build hotels and everything around it we chad and i uh pitched that one that they with michael schwab and them that they're doing and we try to pitch some creative and some ideas the one that they're doing in Palm Springs, right? Mm-hmm. Coral Mountain. Yeah. And it's actually going to be bigger than Kelly's. And I think they've been working on the technology. But, we, you know, Michael Schwab's obviously an incredibly intelligent guy and one of the early investors in Kelly's. But their whole operation is the wave pool is just one of the features. Right. It goes beyond that. Like it's resorts and all that kind of thing. It's a whole development. And then there's the wave pool. Well, the, so wave, the wave pool is the, is the center of gravity, but everything else around it would exist with or without it. Exactly. Or could exist. Yeah, exactly. It, hypothetically. So it's an amazing hotel that you would stay at regardless of the pool. And, and residences. You know, and, and, yeah. And he, yeah. he's really aware, like obviously he's very aware that just a wave pool running at 50 grand a day is not a sustainable model. No. So he, and he wants to be able to bring it down and make it more accessible for everybody and kind of do these packages with the hotel where you get a wave or two. So, well, the way that they're doing it too, is that they've got, you know, what they're, what they're doing is they're using a lot of that excess energy to, to, to push that energy and to make smaller waves that people can actually learn on. So that, at least the way he described yeah. it to us where there's like a lot more, again, I think, but I think if you look at it, even with that, you, and if you look at it, and maybe they can make double the amount of waves, but double the amount of waves is like 200 waves a day. For sure. That's that's about the same as BSR can make in an hour, right? Yeah. And so, and again, like the surfing thing is funny because a length of ride isn't, you know, it's it's also, it's, it's I can get a really great wave do one turn and feel really good about doing one turn. Like, obviously it's great if you can do combo it up you can do well, three good the, snaps and that's and like, what i love about bsr cool. is that it's got all it's got so many variations of the right. wave you want a tube and you just literally like i'm busy putting my arms in like around like 
you know, YMCA style right, yeah, <laughs> look yeah. up top here right now, but you just go like that and they go, okay, barrel, or you do the wedge or you do the air section. Like, so there's all these kind of, and you just shout at the kid in the, in the wave making machine. Yeah. And he's, and he's like, all right, boys, I'm pumping you out a tube and you know, you're getting tubes so you can really customize it, which is right. quite cool. Yeah. And well, that, and that's even better, right? So you can, you can have a full surfing experience in a day, in, a, in an hour, in an yeah, hour, we, you could probably be pretty tired. We went for an hour, me and two friends and at the end my one of my buddies is not surfer but he surfs a lot he literally was missing wave after wave because he was too exhausted we caught something like 45 waves each yeah and i haven't caught 45 waves in a session in years yeah i mean and i surf for eight hours yeah you know? yeah if you surf for eight hours you're gonna, yeah you could, you six could hour do maybe session yeah but that, i mean that's the interesting thing is i think you know when you talk about the multiplier you go back to you started talking about waves you know what what these things cost per wave and it starts to become a business then right you've got 11 cents a wave is a lot different than $500 a wave or whatever. Yeah, or $12 a wave. That's the energy cost. Yeah. And yeah. then you know, if you're factoring in the day too. Um, it's, Kelly's is a total different operation. It's a luxury. It's that operation. Right. It's to yeah. live for that. And, and I think they've kind of, his approach to it was similar to Tesla's approach, Elon Musk's approach to when he launched. Like everybody was like, why does the world need a $150,000 sports car, electric sports car? And you go read his like first manifesto or his like business model. And he basically said, in, in order for them to take us seriously, we have to beat them with, with, um, with a battery powered car. Right. So that was his whole model. His like overall vision is to always make a twenty-five dollars to $30,000 car, electric right. car that anyone can afford. But he's like, for us to become a luxury brand or be considered luxury or appealing, we need to start at the highest level right. and then go down from there. They need a sex appeal. Exactly. Right. Which I think is what Kaylee and them have tried to do. They've tried to go at the sex appeal. Yeah. And then how do we scale it down accordingly? Well, it is very much. And it's funny because as a brand that like from the outside looking in as a brand, the, 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 the Kelly Slater Wave Company is, is and I don't know if they call it now, but that it's, it, it's, it does feel like it feels almost like a golf well, club kind of thing. It feels like like where and I. Well, it's Augusta. It's in. Augusta. Right. It's, like it's the most it's like prestigious, only the, elitist golf course. Only the who's who. And then, you, and then you hear guys in the water and you see them, like, especially at Malibu yeah. or something like that. They're like, you know, they, they talk about it like they went to Kelly's pool. Like it's the same way they would talk about like some heli ski vacation or something that they did that was well, that's what amazingly expensive and, and glamorous or whatever. Like it's that. Yeah. And yeah. the fact that they've made, been able to prop it up that like out in Lemoore, it is a shithole out there. Yeah. And they've made both a beautiful clubhouse in that, but it is the middle, it's the middle of nowhere. It smells it's like a shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's terrible. It's like 5 million degrees outside. It's so hot. You're in the water just dying. Yeah. Um, and they still have this appeal. Yeah. You know, so imagine when it's at a luxury resort like Palm Springs or, or in, yeah, in a location where it's a it's desirable appealing. location, right? God, Palm Springs would be pretty amazing. Like, yeah. so it, you know, if you've ever been to Palm Springs at the right time of year and the well, temperature is like just hot enough to be really too hot, but it's like you're in Palm Springs, so it makes and sense. And I do believe they can both exist out there quite well. Oh, the, they're the two, two different oh, business 100%, models. They're completely Shane, different. Shane and the crew, and then or Tom Lockfeld's technology, and then Kelly's technology. Rincon, Newport. Yeah, exactly. Same thing. You know, like they're off. Both, both the spots are pretty great. Yeah, one's a hundred dollars for an hour, the other one's five grand for an hour. Right? Yeah, exactly. Pick your poison. Yeah. So so back to the urn. Ver- Earn versus bought, like um, yeah. So we spend. So the issue, okay. Now the better that you know, kind of pumped them all up and said why we like them and what's, right. what's appealing about them and how they can exist. But the issue for surfers, and if you're a core surf market, like eventually the the tech billionaires of Silicon Valley get tired of paying fifty grand or tired of surfing, and it's just a novelty that's worn off, right? Yeah. And then you go back to your core market because the end of the day, wave pools need the core market to get behind them to exist. And as a surfer, we spend, we 
touched on this in the beginning, our entire lives chasing the perfect wave. Whatever that perfect wave is, to me, to Dylan Graves, it might be a wedge. To me, it might be a six foot JBS style point break. You know, we all have our variation. I spend my entire life tracking that. Now, all of a sudden, I get at the push of a button. The novelty wears off so quickly. Yeah. And then, and then when you go back to JBay, though, does it, does it, does that magic come back or is there something, does it, does it take something away from the entire experience? I wonder. I don't know. Does it like take a little piece of your soul? Well, I think, I think what it takes away from the experience is the newcomer's experience because you, you, you know, people spend 10, 12, 15 years surfing to learn how to get tubed. Now all of a sudden you can learn in a day. Yeah. I know. Well, I mean, I get 20, I get 30, 40, 40, 40 years, 40 years of surfing now. Yeah. And, you know, and still and learning and still, and now you can go to the pool and, and get it in a day. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's, and it's, and, but that's, to me, that's always been the appeal. The appeal for me has always been the chase. And we've said that a hundred times in this, but the, the, to me, that's like, that, that's where the, the negative is. I don't, I don't, I don't get the chase and I don't get the feeling of reward and that special feeling of like me knowing something or learning something that that's really hard to learn. Um, so I think that's, that's if you're going to do two columns, you're going to say that one, you know, and I think it's interesting because both of them, like on one hand, the good side is it's perfect. On the other side, it's perfect. Like they're both the same, but the positive and negative are, are, are like literally you can list both those columns are exactly the same things all the way down. And, and they're both just contradict each other for sure. You know, because of, of because we have this human factor of us, that that demands that that we have to work for our for our we have to kill our own meat really at the end of the day like that's what we have to do we've got to like that's why it feels so it's so rewarding when you it, it's almost it's almost anything you go hike the backcountry and you get like a perfect powder field that you know no one else gets that we had to work really hard for that whereas, whereas if you get a chairlift and you just get to it's just a different feeling you know so it's not bad it just it just is different yeah and then what eventually dies out right like surfing is i always i my biggest gripe is when people try like claim beaches or waves or something like that because it's the last the beach is the last free holiday to me always okay not in california parking's a fortune but you can take your family to the beach and surfing is very you, once you got your board and you're wetted you can kind of free surf it's free right yeah and now it's not free anymore that's right well and that's the other thing i mean it, it, there's there's a bunch of stuff going on there and i think one thing is and this is something that goes you know it, it was deeper but surfing i think the nice thing the thing you and i always talk about that we really love about surfing especially because it applies to our business and, and and insights for clients is that socioeconomically you go to any surf spot and you got people that are living in their van and you've got people that live like right across the street from that beach or right on that beach so you've got every every yeah, Malibu socio- parking lot for for instance perfect got, kids sleeping in vans and like billionaires rocking up in teslas that's right and and so and that i think is that that texture and that and that and also it's the great equalizer because because those the guy rocking up in the tesla is going to definitely get out surfed by the guy living in the van or not definitely but it's pretty 99 percent yeah yeah so, and not to say that living in a van is, is the, is, is the, you know, the end all be all either, or nor will it make you a good surfer, but there's a, the, you know, the, this, the dedication to the life. That's right. And the surfing, freedom that, the that surfing allows you, if you love surfing enough, you can live in a van and not really give a shit that you live in a van because you get to surf every day. Yeah. I mean, I, there's something really neat about that. Yeah. I started listening to business wars last night. Um, and the one about Patagonia versus and the North face and the North face, Yvonne's climbing partner who started the North Face when he was still calling it Chenard Products and that 
he started his little North Face store up in Ventura, decided like after a few months or a year or so of being working the shop, this is not why he got into it. He just wanted to make some money so he could climb more. And him and you, he sold the North Face for 60 grand. And this is up to the point where I am right now. And they go down, both had wives and kids at home. And they go down for six, they drive six months from California through Mexico all the way down to Patagonia to go climb this peak. Like a six month journey. For those of you that don't know, Patagonia is actually in Argentina, right? So yeah. that's, that's a, that's all a, the way through South America, the, all the way through. That's insane. Yeah. And anyway, so that was, the, that was that pursuit, right? Like of that, like they'd leave everything behind. I don't want this business. It's doing okay. You know, now you know what the North Face is and it's, you know, you can never say that early on where it was going to go, but so would those same people, this is this, and this is the, this is a good socioeconomic, I mean, not socioeconomic, it's a sociology exercise. Craig Peterson and Kevin Nofton are the two guys that they're, they're the guys that sort of did some of the really early exploring down in like Central America, Mexico. They found Petacalco. They found a lot of those spots down there. Um, they didn't know, they, they just the point on the map, right? And this probably gets this swell direction. And then maybe somebody saw a photo and there's all this myth and this kind of like legend around you know, you could go down to, 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 you know, there's waves in El Salvador. I heard there's waves down there, you know, and they would do that on a, on a, on a rumor, right? Fuck. Yeah. I'm going to take, drop everything for the, for I'm going to work for six months. And then I'm going to take all that money that I worked for six months and I'm going to go travel. Would the same people that are going to surf Kelly's wave pool, you know, those same sort of, you know, billionaire boys club kind of dudes, would those guys have done that? Would they have taken that side on a, on a rumor on a, on a maybe, would they go pursue that, and 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 with all the hardship that it entails, with all the hassle, with all the tr- not not it's easy, well, but I it's think, hard. I think if they're self-made, yeah, and they're entrepreneurs, like and they made their billions by starting their own business with nothing, yes, yeah, because that that uh, an, an entrepreneur has to deal with some shit to get to where they are, especially That's right. at that level of business. So yeah. you have, I don't think it's an adventure in its own. So I possibly, but not some guy that's inherited it all their buddies that are rocking around and that's kind of a soft surfer yeah and for some reason that's and and probably totally inaccurately that's that's the way that but i imagine all the guys sitting around the clubhouse up there like in my mind they're they're like and i know a lot of these dudes but like on a like on a personal level and and they're and they're just you know they they're they're up there busy surfing and they're like and they're just talking and, and and then they and they have to share it with everybody they would love to talk about how they were at Kelly's, but it's like, it becomes this like, well, the first time I went, it was actually for this Airbnb experience. I went up with Luke Stedman and we went to go. So one cool thing that they'd done was, you know, it'd been so exclusive and so expensive. And then they opened it up to everybody. And then, okay, hang go on. Ahead. okay. Yeah. Um, they opened it up to everybody. Well, they put this experience online where you could 250 bucks, you could surf the pool, come and get a bunch of waves for these 10, 10 spots. And anyway, we went up there to kind of, Steads and I went up there to kind of coach these guys and make sure they're in the right spot and get a few waves. It was such a weird experience because these guys were riding the waves and they were surfing and they were like, they were pretty stoked and they're like, this is cool. But everyone was pretty nervous and stressed out the whole time because it is extremely intimidating when you hear that crane or the, the train starts and the pulley and you're in the water and you've got one wave and you're going to get, get yeah. four and that. So it's extremely stressful. But at the end of the day, 
it was more about listening to all the conversations going on with all these guys. It was more about saying they had surfed it than the actual. And that's right. That was my, I'm sorry. That, that was my long way around trying and to that say was that. My it's bummer. more about the. It's more about the elan of saying you've done it exactly than it is about actually experiencing. Like, or I checked done, and which is, but that's everything in life. That's the Instagram instant gratification life. Right? Yeah. Like say you've done it versus actually the experience of doing it. Like yeah. Yvonne and them, they went and drove to Patagonia. They didn't feel the need to go tell everyone and make a book and like post all about it. Da, da, da. They yeah. took some pictures along the way. They were experiencing but it. But they were there going to do this and there was this like yearning desire to go and discover and conquer something that they hadn't done before. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, and again, that's related that, to that impulse, right? And how much more rewarding is that than, 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 than anything? And again, it, name it, wave pool, skate park. Like if you think about the people that are, you know, skate park, snow, terrain park and snowboarding, skiing versus backcountry there's a lot of different examples of of this in kind of the at least in our action sports culture and i think you were saying something about this earlier about with fmx like with with, with yeah. motocross like it's like same kind of thing where everything got to be so you know so huge or so perfect that well so yeah so what my my point there was on the more on the performance side so like one of the pros which becomes a con you would write like okay surface can go practice you know i saw aussie write when he came back from, he was in Newport, and I was serving with Sam, and we saw him, he had just come back from Waco, right, just after it launched, and he said something to Sam, like, I haven't seen an air section like that, like, in years surfing, you know, and that was just on repeat, what, you know, right. air section like that, he was like, it's actually scary how big it was, okay, so take that, and then you got, like, an Eli Hanneman that just goes to learn to do backflips there, or crazy airs, right, so when I was a kid growing up, I watched the X Games, and I loved it, you know, every time it was on, we'd go to a friend's house at ESPN, and we'd watch it, and Tony Hawk did his 900 and I can remember that and we would watch these guys flying through the sky now and then X Games was huge and action sports and then the motocross the guy Travis Pastrana did the first backflip and that was like the craziest thing ever yeah. and the sport was just booming and then all of a sudden like the guys are doing double backflips and like it just became boring and it, you watch you watch half pipe now and you don't even know it like the guy that I think wins ends up coming last because it's not about height or anything it's so tech you, you can't even understand anymore right and I'm interested in skating and I watch a little bit here and I don't skate at all but I watch it and enough to be a consumer of it right and it topped out the performance topped out and I and I worry about that happening with wave pools yeah because it turns the into performance exactly exactly yeah. it, it, it all of a sudden you've got like and 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 then just straps come in because why not have straps because you can or you know not that again it's like it becomes like this arms race thing where where as you were saying about about all of those sports right skating skating is one of those exact same things like the, this the tricks became so tech like i couldn't even name them no after a while. switch like nolly just, like Mc, yeah whatever McCluffy. whatever yeah I mean, it's just <laughs> yeah, like just, yeah, don't, let's not even let's get any further and we lose all credibility yeah, exactly <laughs> but that's it it becomes too technical it kind of loses its you know that's why street skating is to me is still the coolest thing because the yeah. guys are just skating crusty half i mean crusty railings on the corner or, or pavement or this kind of bank or yeah trying it's to flip creativity exactly it, it demands creativity and i think that the so so it becomes a thing of like so in the pro 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 column it's like progression like the 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 speed at which you can progress these tricks right they're basically become tricks they are tricks i never That's thought what, of anything surfing becomes a sport okay surfing in a pool is a sport yeah in the ocean is a lifestyle that's right you know and the progression that side of it and the speed and so that's the other thing like okay you could and it's a i think a pretty good argument is okay more people are going to have access to surfing because of the wave pools right yeah. does that make the oceans more crowded or does it make it less crowded do people start kind of flocking towards i can't see 
I can't see them building wave pools within driving distance from where we live anywhere in California because the cost of land, everything like that, right? Just never mind. You can't even get a permit to cut bananas at your coffee shop in yeah. Venice Beach. Never mind build a wave pool, right? So they'll never be like they'll never be accessible for the everyday surfer in Southern California. And I mean on a daily basis, accessible. Yeah, yeah, you just yeah. drive like up, you get just a couple go, waves. Like right. you went to the gym, right? So right. I don't see that ever happening and just the sheer cost of building them um yeah waco texas versus like santa monica yeah exactly <laughs> so know. then so they're not making the oceans less crowded right they're making there's gonna be more people surfing at the ones and then maybe coming to surf the oceans so you've got more kooks and then in the pool they've gone and got okay localism again so this factors in too you know <laughs> localism localism sits on both sides of the fence right yeah uh, it's awesome when it's done right it's terrible when it's done wrong um personally i think like there's a lot of you earn your way up in a lineup as a kid. It's kind of like a rite of passage, right? It's become as being a surfer. You're going to make me bring Casey up again? Or? Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter. He's born <laughs> on that beach. Um, he, uh, anyway, so localism, localism has its good and bad points. So yeah, for you sure. go to a pool, you learn to surf in a pool. Yeah. And you're like in line and like literally wake up, you stand, you stand on the side of the wave and the guy's like, okay, you three up next, you three up next and you can buy your perfect wave. Then you come to the ocean and there's just no idea and you just like could never understand why you can't get whatever wave you want and this and that. So it could probably cause a bit of conflict. It could, yeah, definitely. Especially if you have ability. Can you imagine like, you know, like this, you've, you've, cause even if you grow up in a wave pool, it'd be probably hard We grow up surfing a wave pool. This is the Rick Kane thing, right? This is, this is North yeah. Shore, right? This is the whole argument. But you know, if you grow up and you've got this sort of this known quantity, which is surfing in, in the ocean is not, even if you go to a, a, a point wave, it's like, Swell direction, wind, tide, all that change, every single experience, the guys in the water, who's in the water, there's so many variables. And, and so with, but like, do you think that, I think what'll happen instead of it being, being like a, I think instead of it being necessarily, um, the localism, this, the kind of localism that we're used to, it'll be more like the localism that, that was, that used to happen at the skate parks. When I was like, when I was a kid, the Marina skate park was the gnarliest skate park. It's all this Dogtown dudes would go there and as a kid, you'd have you'd get really intimidated. They didn't intimidate you like, like, you know, it wasn't. It was just that you were you were intimidated by the fact that they were there. So in in those wave pool things, eventually like, you'll have these guys that are like from Waco that are just the gnarliest. Like you'll see, you know, this is what this is the the natural progression of this sport is in, in five or ten years. Some dude that grew up in Texas that surfs Waco every freaking day is going to be the most technical aerialist in the entire world, right? And then there'd be that intimidation factor when you go surf that wave pool. It was just like it was when, for us as kids. It wasn't like people were localizing, loking you out. They weren't like hassling you. Yeah, they were the best skaters in the park. So but they you were, were like super actually, intimidated to yeah. go because that dude was in the water with you, of, right? Yeah, intimidation. So yeah. yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, we had a we'd started kind of shooting that wave full dark, and so we got super into it. And one of the really rad people we interviewed for it was Dane Reynolds. And you know, I think every time Dane speaks, people are pretty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Their they, they ears perk up and they're just so intrigued, right? That's he's right. just like, he's got such a unique approach to everything. So uh, here's, we managed to pull a couple of insights, or not so much insights, but a couple of opinions from Dane and kind of, this is what he had to say about wave pools. And this is maybe, uh, I'll talk to my partners that were in the film. We'll release that clip eventually. It's like an hour and 20 minute interview of just so much gold of Dane just kind of laughing and it's down at his house in front of a pigeon cage. So if you can hear any fluttering around, it's the pigeons in the background. They were going crazy the entire time. Yeah, I was just going to say that but, but probably one of the best parts about the whole interview was were the pigeons, especially if you see the visuals of it. It's pretty, pretty stunning. Uh, but let's just let Dane speak for himself and then we'll come back uh, afterward. I would say the best platform for a surf contest to be presented 
to the world would probably be in wave pool. Yeah, for sure. Surf contests, like, have an 11-day window. The heats are half an hour. There's only, like, a couple peak moments during those heats. Even me as, like, a dedicated surfer, I'm obsessed with everything surf, and it's hard for me to watch surf contests. I mean, it'll be really interesting for competitive surfing because they'll have, like, routines that they're doing. You know, they'll know what, what maneuvers maximize points and, like, base their routines off of off of that, um, which is, I don't know, I don't think that's cool, but it'll definitely probably legitimize it as a sport that can be global, and um, I'm sure it's, it'll be it'll probably be great for the surf industry. Uh, I'd say the long-term effects of wave pools will definitely shape competitive surfing into something different than it is now where people the surfers know what maneuvers score the most points and they'll base a routine around that and um i guess in a way that's what what like uh skate park events are like yeah so i don't i mean that that consistency will probably make it make people be able to understand it a lot more Competitive surfing as of now is like, you got to be a hardcore fan, I think, to, to understand and relate. Um, so I'm sure it'll, you know, gain a huge audience and, and probably be great for surf brands and shit. Yeah, I'd, I'd say guys' styles. Like, I mean, you watch watch a skate, skate contest and um, guys' styles shine through for sure, but... Uh, you're also not going to film a skate park in a in a um, skate park either, so there might be something to that where um, surfing becomes. I mean, you see it in snowboarding as well with like the bit like backcountry stuff, and um, which that's probably equivalent to like maybe big wave surfing. But um, I don't know. It's definitely wave pools are definitely going to change the change the landscape. Uh, it's awesome for Eli Hanneman to, to develop that skill set and, 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 um, put Instagrams from wave pools and, um, that's just not what part of surfing I want to be a part of is what I said, I guess. I mean, I love going to the beach and surfing every day. <laughs> that's the point. That's what surfing is to me is, I mean, I like doing surf trips with my friends. I like making films, um, I love like reading swell charts and and trying to fi figure out where we can go that's not crowded and um, waking up early to get the right wind conditions and I don't know it's all like there's it's it's more of a lifestyle for me that that um, that is the draw for me. Yeah, the surf ranch, the Kelly's one definitely seems like it's elitist in a way. You know, it's only industry insiders and professional surfers uh that i know of i don't maybe there's maybe the other maybe the normal people are just not posting on instagram or i don't follow them i don't know what goes on there but um yeah even the signage and all that shit looks pretty country clubby corny i got invited when they were trying to develop an air section i don't know when that what happened to that though i never saw it but they were having like Albie Lair and Chippa come out for the weekend to try out their air section or something. And um, yeah, I got invited, but um, 
yeah, I don't, don't really want to be seen <laughs> testing the new air section <laughs> in the wave pool. <laughs> so now you can, now you can, I love that giggle at the end that he does, but uh, you can understand why everyone's just so obsessed with Dane, you know, and like, it just can't get, it's just, everyone just wants more and more and more. So hopefully, I know, I know he's doing his new, he would die if, he, if anyone called it a vlog, but his new channel and where he's going to be releasing more content than that. So hopefully it's, hopefully there's a bit more of him in front of the camera, not just surfing. Because I think it'd be really rad. Yeah, but I think the, the interesting thing here to me is, that, is, and we spoke about this earlier, but but I think the insight, or the, the thing I hear the most, and again, again, it's probably just my generation, but what I hear the most is the idea that there's a very big, stark difference between um, the experience of surfing in a wave pool versus um, surfing in, in, in real life or sort of in nature. And that is that, you know, it, over the course of the time of, as a surfer, you get to learn, you, you gain all this knowledge, which is sort of something that you treasure, right? Like around here, I know exactly where to surf, at what tide, at what swell direction, at, at what wind. You know, of course, Damien will probably tell, tell me that I know nowhere to surf and I know none of the good spots and I only take them to the most crowded shit spots. But um, but part of that is experience, you know, getting up in the morning and the hot coffee and the, just all of that sort of routine to me is, is just something that's so special about the act of surfing and, and where it turns into more of a lifestyle. And that's something that I think is so interesting as Dane put it much more succinctly than I did. And that's what the whole episode is right it's a, a, or about is that bought versus earned. Yeah, that's right. You know, and that like in a way fools are earned. And as long as you don't, you know, I think it's once one thing is one thing and one thing is another thing. Like, that's right. Keep them completely separate. Yeah. Surfing is surfing and whatever wave pool. We can come up with a new name for a wave pool riding yeah. or like, you yeah. know, or like yeah. sporting, you know. Yeah, somebody like, said it was, somebody said it was wave riding, not surfing, which exactly. I think is an okay way to put it. I can't remember. I think it was... I don't know who remember I, who that. Maybe it's Sean Stucy or somebody that said that, right? One of the other things I can't remember who said who else said that, but one of the things I liked that he said there was he talks about routine, right? And yeah. routine has like a bit of a negative connotation. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's figure skating. It's Tara Lipinski and and Johnny, whatever his name is, like get, Johnny Weir, like you know their commentary and being like I can just hear them, you know, as one of the uh, one of the athletes you know takes off on a wave and he's talking about like his you know some totally minor little technical thing that no one else in a million years will ever pick up on but now he's he's lost his chance at a world title because like you know his tutu was fitting in oh, correctly he or yeah something. he didn't flick his hair right at the end of that <laughs> yeah. yeah hair flicks are going to be like going to really come into play <laughs> the subtle yeah adjustments of <laughs> yeah, the hair exactly. you know so uh, yeah, yeah that and that's the unfortunate side right but as dane says like if you're gonna make surfing a sport and try monetize it in the way that the wsl want to and it needs to for them to be able to uh, attract non-endemic sponsorship and to put the prize money even higher and run these events and the cost of it is it kind of needs to live in a wave pool where it can be contained and controlled okay so the other question is is that if if the wave pools actually do make or become relevant like really relevant like if if if, if this little experiment pays off you know it's going to be tough obviously covid blah 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 we're all tired of hearing of that but if it works, you're going to have a bunch of surfers like that are kind of living and creating their own surf culture within these within these areas that are like inland, like landlocked, and even if they're not landlocked, like Melbourne's not that far away from Bell's Beach, right? So, but you'll have you'll have maybe does that make surf more relevant, like surf apparel? Does it does it help bring some of these these surf brands into the forefront, or does it do 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 new brands pop up that are sort of like based around this kind of new lifestyle? Well, I th okay, that's a that's a good one. So my buddy actually shout out to Joe Frizz. He's a Newport River Jetty's local, and he's he was one of the designers of Volcom for a million years. But he has the Country Club Surf Club, right? 
Yeah, and which you you started to see it everywhere, and it's growing, and yeah. you know, you just it's a keep the country honest. club, country club. Yeah, exactly. And he's doing all this. Yeah, you know, he's got really woody stickers, and he's a smart guy, and some cool branded T-shirts, and he's kind of pro- probing a bit of fun in it. Like at first, I think it was more of like a anti-pool thing. Yeah, and now it's kind of like okay, well they're here to stay. Let's kind of change it around and have a bit of fun with this. So there's a little brand that's been born from the wave pools, and that now, in terms of like the sheer volume of more people learn to surf, and is that 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 drives sales up possibly maybe on like the core goods because if you can afford a hundred dollars an hour to surf at waco which is what it is for the group session mm-hmm. you can afford a four hundred dollar surfboard or a 750 dollar surfboard right yeah so absolutely. maybe on that side of it does now do you have some random dude shaping boards you know okay the wave the surfboards for wave pools to me are going to be like pop out china boards They'll be well, or like wakeboards. Yeah, like, oh, exactly. Like, like wakeboards are exactly that. If you look at a wakeboard, it's like it's like a snowboard almost. If you look at them, or like a like the windsurf boards and wakeboards are pretty similar. But I don't see I don't see the wave pools and the volume, you know, the sheer growth and volume of people surfing or entry point to surfing from wave pools growing the growing the surf industry and the brands, and the, the apparel side of it. Well, but maybe if, a pair of board shorts here and there. But like you're already wearing board shorts to go to the beach. But think of it. But think of it in the same. Think oh, of it in cool. the same way of like of like creating a a, a an echo, a ripple effect, right? So, so just like the just like the you know Newport Beach because the surf. I mean, I I think surf apparel really was born in, in you know in, in its in in its current form was born at Newport Beach, right? I mean, it really was yeah. like the, the quick Echo Beach that whole that whole Quicksilver like 1980, 81, whatever. I mean, it was happening before then, but but that's when it really became a thing. So if you think about that one little beach in that one little area, that one little part of Southern California, without any real media, you had surf, you know, you had surfer magazines and things like that. You know, even even when surfing, when 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 Quicksilver was a multi-billion-dollar or you know billion-dollar brand with with its with all of its companies, so it it didn't. We there, there was no internet really. There was no you know you're talking about like it that that something that was happening in one small location so here, having gonna, a huge ripple. Effect. I'm going to sum up why. Wave pools are lame for surfing. Or okay. The surfing as you know, other culture. The culture can't be born around a pool. Uh, what kind of culture? Something like meathead culture? Like not the kind of culture that's going to complement surfing and what it is and what makes it so awesome. I'm, I'm not even saying that it will. I'm <laughs> saying that there will be culture, right? There, something will happen. Like, like, like it, so it's the same thing as there's a very specific look and, and, a, and, and a bunch of like fat, like sort of ski snowboard fashion kind of stuff that came out of the parks. So the parks, like if you were a park rat, you looked a certain way. You had a certain style versus the people that were like on the rest of the mountain. Okay, like, for sure. So there's, so a, there's an example. You think of, like a polo of surf. Like, sorry? You're thinking like a polo of surf, right? Like the what is the surf brand version of polo? Because well, like preppy, it's like, oh, it could or, be. Or it could be whatever. Like in the case of these park rats, like they would wear, they were like really influenced by hip hop. Like, so they would like all their shit was real baggy and like way oversized and like they had so it yeah but were people looking at them like they cool they were fucking kooks but like <laughs> mason was one of them i remember him just going no and he's like you know they chad said oh yeah my son, again, we, every time he's gonna make an appearance but poor guy but no it like so I, and i guess my point is is that whether it's preppy whether it's like inspired by hip-hop whether it's kooky whether it's not kooky i i think that because you know, it'll be so there'll be surfers that come in to go surf these things, and there'll be the people that live around that are like, you know, quote unquote locals that, that surf them um, or ride them, depending on how you want to describe it. Um, and, and I think with that, there, there will be 
just because people in the, in one area, just like they'll spread a virus, they're going to spread a, a vibe or a thing. And like, they kind of like, that will start to become a look and a feel to Waco. There won't happen at Kelly's thing. It's just too expensive. But when you start to, it's just, you know, it, it could, but it would be more like, you know, it wouldn't be that accessible and it, it might be aspirational. But the way I, I think their thing feels really insular where I think BSR, like, it's already got this cool, like, Texas redneck, like, vibe. It's got the, you know, like I was saying to you earlier, like, the lazy river is just as important as the surfing effect, you know. <laughs> and the big and, slide. And the big slide. It's like, they're all equal, right? The yeah. lazy river, you can drink a beer, you can have some, t- you know, well, you can this day, whatever. At this day of high last year, the lazy river had, like, a few hundred people in. That's what I'm rotating saying. Rotating around the pool. Of course. And then awesome. you go surf and you drink. and you, it's, I mean, there's a, that's a very, very specific thing. And it's very different than going to the beach. It's not that it's lame. It's kind of awesome, actually. So, like, you know, when I look at so, all the pictures of that, I was like, damn, I wish I was there. So why was I think, it, okay, so yeah, you might get like micro, like little cultures or brands that form from there, right? But everyone is going to be too different. And going back to what we said, what I said early on in there, but, and I just had, during our research and that for the wave pool doc, we'd come across this and I'd spoken to a few different people, but about the skate park culture in the 90s. In, the, in Southern California, right. where they went and built all these skate parks and all these different things. But then after the liability, the upkeep, everything like that just became too hot. And there were like hotspots. Kids were there and that, but then you got a kid that breaks his arm. you got a kid that dies from amoeba. Yeah. So you got all these different things that ended up just being shut and closed because it wasn't, it wasn't, they weren't able to monetize it enough and wasn't a viable business, right? Even, even just to wash its face. Right. So to me, I, my prediction crystal ball 10 years time there's a bunch of empty wave pools there might be maybe you've still got ks wave co because so, so you think it's just going to be like like it'll be, be a, the popularity of it'll hit an oh. apex quickly and then it'll go down. i think it's already going down to be honest like really? i heard urban surf is packed and it's booked but it's like anything new like let's look at it in a year what are those numbers yeah, once you've already experienced it january look like next year or yeah. you know exactly like that so i had some buddies that served it recently i was meant to go to stab high and they were like, yeah, it's fun, but like you, it's even too small for you. Like, you ever, you ever look at Magic, Ma- Magic Mountain? You ever like driven by there? You know, Magic Mountain, right? Yeah. It's an amusement park, Six Flags. I bet it's that. Like where, where in order to keep these things relevant, you've got to build them bigger, better, bigger, better. Well, sure. Like every time, you know, in order to keep Six Flags relevant, you've ridden every roller coaster there. They've got to tear one out and put a brand new one but, in at a certain cost. And there's a multiplier there. But what? You can have 6,000 people at Magic Mountain in any day. Or yeah, that's more. right. Maybe, you know, depending on all the different rides in that. But the park is monster. Right. Now, the only way these survive is if they're just a micronism of a bigger thing. Got it. So they become just like, well, the thing that Schwab's trying to do. Which exactly. is like, which is like it's, the, it's, the, it's the draw. It's the center of gravity. They used to call it something like that would be called... It's a lot like what they did in Vegas. For a long time ago in Vegas, not a long time ago, this is in the 90s in Vegas. When in Vegas, they turned everything from like being the sort of gambler rat pack, like, you know, the sexed up part of Vegas and the dangerous part of Vegas. Jeff Lowe, he goes and takes the little tiger cubs up to his room to get the babes up there. That's right. It's the draw. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's a whole nother level. (laughs) But what they were doing is they were like each one of those hotels, like, so if you look at the, this is the time when Excalibur, Treasure Island, you know, all these, and then the MGM Grand. So they had, it, you know, it used to be like Caesars and there was places like that, but then they brought these things in. So like, like for instance, Paris, Paris Hotel and Casino has a 
roller coaster, you know, sure. and they were bringing, they were doing these things that everybody was one upping each other. So that's, so I think, it, but you also used to have to go there to experience it, right? You would see it a little bit here and there, but now with the way the internet is and Instagram and everything, it's so yeah. much easier to experience things without actually having to do it. That's right. You know, through friends or through people and, and then you can figure out, so you have more of a, there's almost more, it's harder to get you there because it has less appeal in a sense because you've known someone that's done it or there's more conversation around or there's more information basically, right? right? So you'd be like, okay, the, your friend comes back, they're like, the roller coaster wasn't that rad. Now you know straight away, there's no need to go. Yeah, right. You get, and, and not only that, but you've got, you know, I think you, you've got access for, from all different angles, from all different people. There's so many different like reviews, people talking about it. And I think that it's pretty easy for us all to understand that what you just said about like, you want to go until you've done it. You want to ride that roller coaster. Dude, the reason I'm thinking about the roller coaster is you want to go ride the whatever the fuck the thing is, you know, the the, the Spider-Man ride or whatever, because it looks like it's got eight loops instead of six, and you know you're, you're gonna get. But now you've done that, and you and then so you don't need to go back again until you see until they have a new new thing, and then and and wave pools just can't afford that. A and B that you know there's certain physics that are just you know make it impossible for you to continue to scale. It's like okay, so you, when now you've made it bigger. You know, it's like the Schwab thing. It's like the, you know the, the if they're in the desert. It's going to be bigger than Kelly's pool. It'll they'll make it they'll make it monetizable in a, in a in a way. They'll make they'll they'll they're business people. They're going to be smart about how they do it. But as it becomes a thing of like now the now the competition for Schwab's thing just as that as you know is that someone's going to come in and make it three times bigger, or they're going to well, have a Kelly I, pool and a BSR pool and a I want to know. Will they ever be able to have like a big wave event in a pool? Like literally, like can you imagine where you're sitting up high, like forty foot high, and there's a guy riding a wave, like a thirty foot wave underneath you, death slab, right? I, I think, I think, uh, sure. The way technology goes now, possibly, but I just think, like I looked at, so I went to the first, I went to the first, I went to the event. Not it wasn't the first event. They did the Future Classic, which wasn't live stream, but then I went to the Founders Cup, right, and at Kelly's pool. And which was fun and like the vibe was cool and it was a different format so it worked and the crowd was awesome and people were psyched to go there and then i went to the wave pool event like a few months later the actual right. ct event and there was like a fraction of the people there you know bill finnegan wrote the you know now famous article yeah for the wall street journal i think it was or new york times and where he references steph and all that kind of thing and the kind of the bad side of it. You really, he, I think he talked about like the sex doll. I think that's where the conversation kind of started, right? Oh, was it, was it him? That yeah, was it was Finnegan. Yeah. So okay, that's, that's and that's sense. kind of where the idea and the exploration that started. That. No, yeah, but it was, so it was started from Bill's article and we kind of explored a lot more and kind of started diving a bit deeper, but that event was just tiring. It was like the, the, it just missed all the elements of like the excitement and everything that you go to a surf event for, right. but it had all the elements which we always have thought need surfing needed where like at two o'clock you can watch Kelly status surf yeah. the monetizable elements and they right. still weren't able to monetize it. Well, and that's the thing. And that's, I think this is what we really are trying to dig in here. And, and this is, and it's not like we're, we're not the only people. In fact, we're probably, we, we would be some very, uh, some of the few people if we said that these um, wave pool events were super exciting because nobody thinks that. I don't think anybody thinks that, that, that the WSL should even do a wave pool event. I think the fans have said they don't want it. The, the surfers have said they don't want it, but I think that if you're the WSL and you've made this investment in that, in that wave pool and that system, um, you're going to monetize it however you possibly can. You're going to go, 
Well, all I have to do is get all my stuff to Lemoore and I can do it and I can, and like judges that all that stuff, it's already infrastructure there. It's gonna cost me a lot less money than running like than, you know, a Gold Coast event or something like that will. For sure. So it's really appealing, especially that like you've got, you've already made the investment. So God damn it, we're gonna run it. I mean, that's, and, and but the again, like it was we're talking, we've always talked about like, coming back to the consumer. Like what's in it for me if I'm the consumer? Why do I, why am I excited about the WSL event at Lemoore. Like that, I'm not. I'm no. not excited about it. It's a bummer. It's it's boring. Nobody. There's no point of difference between any of the surfers. Really, I mean, you have to be so. You've got to be like. You've got to be your level of 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 scrutiny to be able to even recognize the difference between Julian Wilson and Jordy Smith. For sure. Other than the size. Yeah, the technique. Yeah, that's you have to be super technical, which gets lost. You lose the bigger consumer. Then that's right. You know, the one appeal as you can say can be on NBC or you know, CBS Sports or whatever at a certain time, the finals, they can go live across to it. It grows surfing's visibility as a sport. But again, people, the average user watching a few different waves wouldn't be able to tell the difference. And, and it, it takes the unpredictability out of it. And, exactly. And that's, and that's why surfing, it's, it's also, look, it is why surfing's boring to watch too. It's a funny thing. You're kind of damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Again, I said that in the last episode too. Sorry to overuse that. But, but you're damned if you do in that, in that, the wave pool's boring because it's the same thing every time. You're also damned if you don't because you could have two guys sitting there in a, and there'd be a 20 minute lull. And then all you can, and the only entertainment you've got is, is like say pots Joe and, and pots Joe mumbling. Like, yeah. Mumbling off, and, yeah. Yeah. So you go, so okay. Okay. I've got a weird one going, going back to that. Like the WSL. Yes. Like we talked about the last one, the surfer said, no, I heard Dirk got the schedule for the year, got sent up from Pat, whoever sends it. And he was like, uh, where the hell is the wave pool event? And they were like, oh, no one really wanted it. We decided to pull it off. And he was like, uh, no, go rework the tour. It's happening. Yeah. I just paid. I suggest you go back yeah. to the drawing board. <laughs> yeah. I paid X amount of millions yeah. for this pool. And then, I mean, never mind what their losses. What do you think they spent on? So, so just so you know, the WSL and I don't know if it's doom is rumors so much, but some, some kind of insights and rumor. They, they did, they went to go buy, buy the land in Florida, right? Which they paid six or eight million for. They were told by their, this is from what I heard, allegedly, they were told that... If you use allegedly, it, 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 yeah, basically, It's like fine. when you say no offense, you can say whatever yeah, you no want. Offense, right. No offense. No offense. Right. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Uh, you got, allegedly, you can't sue me. Um, can't sue, you can't take Allegedly, half, you can't. You can't take half of nothing. Uh, that's, why, that's always been my saying. But anyway, so they went and bought this land in Florida. They got told, hey, guys, by the inspectors who came and did the quantity survey, oh, the property surveying and they were like this it's on marshland it's terrible and i heard the boys up top were like just make it work let's do it like we're doing it it's at the perfect spot and long story short that was a wash they stuck with this land that is unusable because what will happen you build a pool the way the marsh moves around and mm -hmm. the soil and everything expansive and the water table was like really close to where the bottom of the pool exactly was. So, so if there was rain game over the, the thing would have floated away and like, yeah. and then again they went and did this in japan so they bought the most and chad and i actually went out there and visited when we were doing this project with jeep and wsl this this block of land that they bought and it was insane and it was where they had bought it positioned it was like just outside of chiba and all these different towns so everybody it was at this like intersection of freeways right yeah. where everybody could get there so it became super accessible it was in the mountains some of the most beautiful land i've ever seen like i could only imagine a pool and the experience of surfing it right. much and, like and the view was like the, yeah the view from the edge was like you're looking at you're looking over tokyo it's like what's over that, the yeah tokyo bay what's that old uh movie with brad pitt in uh in japan where he's like the the, the ninja 
it's like a scene out of that, right? Like this, the the mist rising over the mountains, yes. the Japanese mountains, it's and so it's just insanely beautiful. I wish I knew the that last movie. samurai. Last samurai. Yeah. And anyway, Is that yeah, Brad Pitt? yeah, I, I I can't remember. Tom Cruise. Maybe Cruise. I don't know. Um, but it was insane this land was insane and they had what they had done because japanese people land selling property and that is not a big thing for them on the outskirts of the city it's more about like you inherit it from family and generations and that so it was a huge amount of work for the local people there to convince everybody to sell right they had to sell all these different pieces of land to be able to get this huge property then when it came time to doing like all the permitting and all this kind of stuff wsl came in or the big lawyers up top came in with their usual bullish ways where they're like fuck you, we can do whatever we want, don't tell us this. And the Japanese people just went, nope, it's yeah. our way or the highway. <laughs> yeah. And they kept trying to push, 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 done. They paid $60 million for that land. And now it's just sitting and it'll never be approved. So, the so let's do the tally. So they've got $60 million for that land. $6 million for the other Six land. Six plus, I think. Plus, plus, the, plus, plus, lawyers plus, plus. I think, there were, I think there were people had like actually bought condos and yeah, I heard there was some purchasing. I heard, yeah, yeah I some heard of them, he was moving there. Yeah, he was going to go run it all and run the he, property. And anyway, then that. So you've got now you're like a million in Achilles at least. That yeah. was just to get. So it you're to a couple hundred million years. dollars, and or a mil, a hundred. Call it a hundred clean. Plus, it's way probably closer to one hundred twenty. But yeah, one twenty clean. Yeah, right. Of, of investment in, in in wave technology, and and then so 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 this is the good background to the conversation that like that that Pat O'Connell would have had with Dirk, which is like, why is this not on the schedule? Exactly. And he's like, he's just knows because he's written those checks. So he knows exactly how much he's got invested in this technology. And you got to think that someone all the way along the way was selling him on this. as And, and, and it would be such an easy sell. Like I, if I'm him, if I'm Dirk, this is the holy grail. Because the entire time I was there, the worst part about this whole thing was, okay, we've got these windows it's, and you've got to, that's why you guys whole... came up with the campaign. You can't script this, right? Right, that's right. I mean, the idea that right, we're just like we're gonna lead, we're gonna steer into the skid, right? Like yeah. you can't script this. Is like, well, shit, it's really unpredictable, and that's what makes it exciting. It's also what makes it a pain in the ass if you're the if you're the governing body of this. Sport. And if you're trying to monetize and sell in sponsorship and yeah. do this, like you know, you could have generally good waves come with bad weather too. That's right. So, yeah. Like, there's so many different variables, and to get sponsors, you know, Conor Bay this year was cooking on the final day for the women's where they're crowning a world champion and it's pissing with rain and sorrow. It's like the worst vibe ever down there. Yeah. Right. You know, and you yeah. lemon, the sponsor, you're just going, Jesus, what do we spend two, four, five million dollars on? Yeah. Yeah. They could, they could like have the most perfect weather at a yoga so, retreat or so something. So here was, really... and he wasn't wrong. Like I, yeah. I would have thought, I would have at the time I would have sided with Dirk too. and being like, okay, this is how we're going to monetize. I, I still side with them. Yeah. Even if I don't like it as a, like I still side with them in, in, in just in like, in, he gets logic points for me, right? Like it's yeah. like, but that's the thing about surfing. Surfing is really illogical. And it, it goes down to the, the argument, is it a sport or is it a lifestyle? You know, and that's a thing. Yeah. And also what, and also like really just even, even more fundamentally, you know, what makes surfing awesome? Like that's it. Like what, if you answer the question, perfect waves make it amazing. Well, then you probably love wave pools. But if, if you answer the question. Yeah, but they haven't served enough perfect waves. That's right, and, they, you know, and and again, exactly. And I think that, that if if anybody says that, and this is this old like this is the endless summer thing. Remember, the endless summer was like we're searching for the perfect wave. I don't think any. So I look back at it. For me, it's never. This is just a completely personal thing, but but that's what podcasts are. Is my fucking stupid opinion. But I've always looked at it like what makes it, it's like anything. You, you 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 can't really know true happiness until you know true sadness, right? For sure. And and so. And you, and you have to have, you've got to have struggle 
to have joy. Nothing, it just is. That's the way humans are wired. So I think if, you know, where logically you look at it and you go, well, we can, we can, this is appointment television now. Now we can, now we can say, we know when it's going to happen. We know how it's going to happen. We can program against it. We can do everything we want to do. All of our sponsors will be know exactly what's going on. They'll know what they're buying. They'll know when they're buying it. They know when they can point their consumer to that web. I mean, it's, it's, it's such a tidy the little only, thing. The only way to monetize the wave pool events is to make it more of a festival than an actual surf event. But that's what they always try to do then too. And then it's like, and then it feels so forced. Like to me, yeah, it, it does. Feels, it probably will be really cool. Like I think if Sam did it, right? We go back to Sam again. Well, Stab High. Okay, let's talk about that event. Stab you know? High. So right. Stab High is unbelievable. It had, it really had the feel. Like I hadn't felt like that at a surf event since I was like a 12 year old kid surfing with like all the older guys. And like there was this camaraderie around and everyone's excited because WSL has become, not WSL, but the world tour has become so professional and there was so much money for that last 10, 15 years in surfing or money to be made. It became so professional where it lost a lot of the party and that around the events and kind of the traveling circus, right? And just Because there's more at stake in a world title. 100% and a lot more money to be made. So naturally you're more, you know, guys have served team managers and they're strict and they're uh, they're stretching at night and focusing and no one's drinking or partying around the events and that. Whereas it wasn't that surfing got big because that's all it was partying and it was this traveling road traveling circus where we used to go to even when i first started the qs it was like you're 224 surfers going to each event half of them have lost the first few days and they're just partying for the next two weeks till the next event like right it was almost when i first did it if you didn't go out before the night before your heat there was something wrong with you yeah you know and then it, it changed over the 10 years pretty quickly but um well that was kelly's secret right the reason he won all the time was because he didn't party really yeah and he's i mean he's I mean, the fact that he's 48 now, 47, and he's in such good shape and still able to surf the way he does, and that is a testament to why, that, that, he didn't why that works. Yeah, <laughs> why not yeah. drinking works, right? Yeah. Like, so it's definitely A plus for that. We're right? going to bring up a Dumas room eventually about how he stayed that fit for how long. Yeah, and why exactly. He's so fit. Yeah, I mean, definitely there's definitely some real something. gnarly stuff in there. Anyway. Um, but where were we going with that? No, we were just talking about the level of professionalism of surfing, which, which you know, the reason that it that the tour was so oh, fun and, and stab high, so and then stab high, so yeah, I was stab, stab high. high, and everyone's just like having drinks between waves. Like I looked over at Aton Osborne, he's in the final coming up in like 15 minutes, and he's like drinking a beer. Yeah, <laughs> like that surfing. And at the Founders Cup that they did, they they panned over to Joel Pogginson and the Team Australia, and the pool had broken between one of Joel's waves so they were like kind of resetting it or something doing some maintenance and they were all just drinking margaritas <laughs> and like <laughs> the camera quickly like went away and it was so awesome like people were having a blast um, yeah. anyway and that's what it needs to be the events again like that kind of thing and Stab High is that they're able to get you for four hours you tune in you watch everyone's having a blast it really I went and watched the webcast afterwards um, on mute because I couldn't hear the sound of my voice but you, you got that feeling from the webcast that that was what was going on. Guys are getting loose, having fun. Like it, it really had that mass fun appeal of what surfing is. Yeah, no. And I mean, it, it, and from the outside looking in, like, and I, and I always say this, is the interesting thing about us kind of partnering is that, you know, as long as I've been in it and I did, I did do a stint at the World Surf League, but even then I still felt like, you know, you're walking around the, the event site and there's like all all these people that you watch on TV. He's like, you're, these are your sports heroes. These are like your, you know, these I've been sitting there like talking to Mick Fanning, geeking out going, fuck, it's Mick Fanning. You know? Oh, for sure. Um, but y- y- you, on the other hand, like, you know, you manage athletes. These guys are your friend. You've known these guys forever. You've got 
deep relationships with everybody in it. So it's a little different when you're looking at it. So when you go to a, a when you're looking at an event and coming back and telling me it's like it's like it was when you were a kid, that's pretty as as not and you're not I wouldn't say jaded is the right word, but as I'm kind definitely of like jaded. As much of it as an insider <laughs> jaded, but as much <laughs> of an insider as you are, um, for you to say that it goes it, has, yeah, it holds it was, a lot of weight. It was amazing, know? and that's yeah. a lot easier to do that in four hours than it is over like at a CT event where you're trying to wait for waves and weather and all this kind of shit, right? When's the last time a CT event post-party thing had a Harry Bryant moment where he's got like one of these big redneck dudes <laughs> in a headlock? Yeah, like, exactly. Like the be- and so I'm so, and, and I, but I Maybe. am old enough to know that, that that's when surfing was cool. Surfing was really cool when it, again, just like the X factor of like the waves and all that other stuff, some of these dudes were mad crazy, dude. Some well, of these were. motherfuckers were you had to just be, though, bananas. To push something to where it is and yeah. where it was going, you have to be a bit crazy. You know, yeah. Kepa Acero, the way that he goes and camps and finds waves and surfs by himself, he's definitely a bit crazy. No, he's mad. Yeah. Like, you don't get the, you know, Kanye did it, said it in his, uh, my next guest with uh, Dave Letterman. Yeah. Right? And he's like, everyone's like, yo, Kanye, that music you created, that's fucking crazy, man. That shit's dope. Da-da-da. And he's like, yeah, crazy music comes from a crazy person. <laughs> it's like, that's, I'm that's off right. my meds, I'm crazy. Like, to go and push the boundaries, you've got to be ever crazy. And that's yeah. what surfers originally did from travel, discovery to the actual surfing part of it and the yeah. performance side of it. Well, I always say it, it's, you know, it comes from it at its very core. I mean, there's, it goes way back, like if you're talking about the Hawaiian Islands, but surf culture itself, I do think, comes out of that. It comes out of like that post war era where. You know, we're really, as a nation, at least in, in the U.S., we're like, all, we're in this new po- post-World War II and everybody's kind of reinventing themselves and, and, and trying to decide whether they want to be part of society or not. And, they, and, and, and for the first time ever, it's kind of okay to not be part of society. You can kind of like drop out and go do your own thing. That, that created the beatniks and the hippies and surfing was just part of that whole thing. So like to then clean it up all the way and put it in a wave pool and in a nice little perfect little environment that kind of takes a lot of all that energy out of it. Yeah, know? so there you go. So can surfing and its culture exist around pools? No. You can't. I'm, I'm saying it, it can in the context of Stab High. And that's when it's... And I think that in, in that context, it's first of all, if it was... If it's it's in, 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 a, in small, short bursts. Yeah, and you bring not, in what you would consider surf culture, the surfers, the dance, yeah, the craze, the harrys. Exactly, you bring it in and it's for four hours and it's like, and it's that different side of surfing, not the professional yeah. side. Yeah. Because those guys aren't, you know, their lives kind of, Stab but High the, is just an extension of their day-to-day lives. With but the wave in the pools middle. will have wave riding culture. There will be something about the wave pools. I'm telling you, it's like when you leave these little societies on their own, like you leave them alone for a little while and just watch what they do something will happen if they stay alive if 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 these if especially like the ones in texas dude what those fuckers will, those rednecks will do some cool stuff like it might be stuff we really love like it might be something that we're like we never knew that was going to happen and then, so instead of it like it's not necessarily negative but can surf culture as it exists as it came from what i just described right coming from that place I don't think it's lit. I don't think it's I don't think that essence of it, the essence of surfing kind of gets lost in that, in that whole thing. So there's my, that's my, at least that's my, you know, we have one, one fairly young guy and one fairly old guy. That's the old, old surf, salty surf dog opinion. But we need to go talk to some Groms. Like I think yeah, that's where you get the answer, right? And the like Groms hate kids. it. All the Groms I know over it. Yeah. They think it's pretty lame, right? Yeah. They think it sucks. I mean, they'd all go to it and have a blast and uh, in, a, and in a heartbeat. They can't wait to go, but they don't think it's cool. Yeah. 
Like, they're not looking at it like, I can't wait. Like, they're not looking at, at the stuff happening in a wave pool. Um, it basically becomes organized sport. Uh, organized sports that's right it's, and that's and that's how i feel i'm not a big snowboarder. i've been a few times i've had a blast and that but i feel like to me it's you're waiting on the chairlift you go up you ride down the hill now backcountry that shit is insane and what travis rice and oh my God. brian fox and these guys are doing is rad and that jeremy jones but the other side of it is just like go up stand in line get on a chairlift go up ride down well that's why it's so, so funny to see these like these kids and, 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 and again back to the kid so my son used to be in the mammoth mountain you know free ride team right so and they all kind of you know the the good thing is is that they all had a uniform so they couldn't look too kooky but some of the dudes that like that that rode around in the park you know they're trying to be super hip-hop and like super urban like street culture it's like dude you're in like it's two hundred dollars a ticket (laughs) yeah you're a white dude at a country club (laughs) exactly and they're like like, and they're like all yo and talking like it's just like dude shut the fuck up like Anyway, so that's the culture that will likely come out of a of a wave pool environment is something in that kind of I think that's and then that becomes a perspective of people in middle America of the surf industry and surfing. Yeah, that's right. You know, but, the people that consumers, the mass consumers of surf gear. But I'll tell you this way, without snowboarding, when snowboarding came, everybody was over it. They didn't want snowboarding. Without snowboarding, all of those resorts would be out of business because uh, skiing was dying and, and I think it I think it's dying again, but there was a moment in the 90s where when snowboarding became popular and all the resorts oh. were letting it happen, dude, these guys got an influx because everybody was going. All of a sudden, you had people that weren't rich. You got 10 kids sharing a, a Motel 6 room. and Snowboarding's tough side is, and I still love like the half pipe. I watch that. And I think it's so yeah. insane what they're doing. But they, they, I mean, they have the ultimate challenge because it's freezing cold. So yeah, it's, better right. to, it's better to view on TV. The, the experience has to be... You don't even need one person down there, but some cameraman. Yeah, that's it. You know, yeah, like yeah, a couple of your family maybe watching from that, but you'd rather be indoors watching that sport. And that's how I feel about the webcast for the, with the WSL, which is going away from that. But I prefer to watch the WSL's webcast, and this is maybe a compliment to them too, than I do to watch the events live. Right. Yeah. No, no. I, I've, there, I've been to a bunch of live events, obviously, and they suck. Yeah, because you don't know what's going on. You watch the event. There's on no TV, vibe. It's so there's much no better. This. Yeah. yeah, you can't really capture the vibe of the event and this. And there's so many people. It's so individualized, right? They do such a good job with it. Like the, yeah. the webcast is pretty. I mean, like like let's. I mean, we can hate them or love them, but the WSL's got a product that's pretty hard to argue with. Yeah. Anyway, you know. anyway. But so the so pool, if you're willing no, to pay a hundred bucks for an, if you're willing to pay a hundred bucks for an hour awake, spend ten bucks per event to watch the webcast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, for sure, that's it. So. Anyway, I think that's pretty much all we've got. I don't know if we have anything else to talk about. I think that's about it. So I think on, on episode number, this is episode four. Yep. Is it? Episode four. Fuck. Okay, on episode five, we're finally going to get into, and I know I've promised this before in, in, in past webcasts, I mean in webcasts, and <laughs> that's where we're at, in past podcasts. Uh, but we will get into sponsorship, news, and what's the sponsorship model looks like in the future and now. And, and Yeah, I've, I've kind of needed... A bit of time to digest what's going on and then just my experience with the boys that i manage um and kind of f- trying to figure out where it's going it's it's a whole new world the surf industry will never be the same or at least for the not foreseeable future i'm calling yeah. 10 years you know i don't think any of the brands will be at the kind of dollars i don't think any brand will have a year in 19 like they had in 19 again for the next right. five plus years i think hurley what was happening in hurley before the COVID thing was resetting the rules and the price range of all surfers for the good and the bad. Yeah. So we can talk a bit about that. And then 
Yeah, just I think guys earning millions of dollars to wiggle around on waves is just <laughs> doesn't make sense anymore for these brands that are struggling so much. Yeah. And so I think we can talk about that and then what is surf media and what does that look like? You know, what do you do with your young son? Do you make him become a vlogger? Does he go up to the com- competitive side? Where is that opportunity, right? Yeah. Or and is there opportunity? You know, it'll be interesting to see how many, how, how few in the next year, couple years, how how many how le- how many less kids there will be at like lowers with you know that are, with their dads and moms trying to make them into this new super athlete like we know a few that do that right well, well does that still look as appealing as it did before like especially once the shakeout happens so no. what what will really you know how how will that really affect you know the world that we li- even even just going surfing on a daily basis yeah that's so. It. so that's what we're diving into next i hope you guys enjoyed this episode if we missed anything again please let us know and uh suggestions for the next episode is always welcome yeah guys cheers See ya. thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.